Hello everyone. In this class, we will try to learn about the cerebellum. The learning objectives of this class would be to draw schematic diagram depict divisions and functions of cerebellum, list the afferent inputs to cerebellum, remember the arrangement and functions of cells in the different layers of cerebellum, appreciate the internal neuronal arrangements and their functions within the cerebellum. Understand the influence of deep cerebellar nuclei with descending pathways. List and describe the functions of cerebellum. List the features of cerebellar disorder. List the cerebellar function test and describe the connection and functions of cerebellum. Cerebellum literally means little brain. Cerebellum is situated posterior to the brain stem. Cerebellum is a vital for regulation of posture and movement. It receives input almost all the sensory modalities. From the spinal cord, it receives proprioceptive inputs. It receives special sensory inputs from visual, auditory and vestibular structures. It projects to almost all areas of brain that are involved in the motor activities. Thus, cerebellum plays critical role in motor control by integrating sensory and motor information in the brain. Therefore, cerebellum strongly influences all aspects of movements starting from rate, range, force and direction to the termination of movement. Hence, damage to cerebellum results in severe incoordination of movement. Cerebellum directly projects into brainstem nuclei that give rise to major descending pathways. Therefore, damage to cerebellum results in severe postural abnormalities. Cerebellum also regulates vestibulocochlear reflex and motor learning. Cerebellar organization. Cerebellum is located in the posterior cranial fossa behind the brainstem. It is connected to midbrain through superior cerebellar peduncle, to pons through middle cerebellar peduncle, and to the medulla through inferior cerebellar peduncle. The surface area of cerebellum is about 75% of the cerebral cortex, but in weight, it is only 10% of the cortex. Thus, cerebellar cortical tissue is much folded. There are two main fissures in the cerebellum that divide it into two major parts. The posterior lateral fissure that separates the floccular nodular lobe from the rest of the cerebellum and the primary fissure that separates the anterior lobe from posterior lobe. If you see the functional divisions of the cerebellum, it is divided into three major subdivisions vestibular cerebellum, spinal cerebellum, and cerebellocerebellum. Vestibular cerebellum is also called as archicerebellum as it is uh, phylogenetically is the oldest part. It consists of flocculonodular nodular lobe. This part of the cerebellum is called as vestibulocerebellum for its extensive and reciprocal connection with the vestibular nuclei. It is concerned with the equilibrium and learning induced changes in vestibulocular reflex. Spinocerebellum. This is also called as paleocerebellum as it is intermediate in its development. It consists of vermis and paravermal regions of the cerebellum. It is called as spinocerebellum as it receives proprioceptive and other sensory inputs from all the body parts through the spinal cord. 
It also receives input from motor cortex where the motor planning is carried out. By comparing plan with performance, it smoothens and coordinates movement. The vermal portion of the spinocerebellum projects into the brainstem areas that control axial and proximal limb muscles. Therefore, vermal spinocerebellum controls posture. The paravermal region of spinocerebellum projects into the brainstem nuclei that influence distal limb muscles. Therefore, paravermal spinocerebellum controls skilled voluntary movements. Cerebrocerebellum is also called as neocerebellum as it is the newest uh, phylogenetically. It consists of two main cerebellar hemispheres. It is called cerebrocerebellum for its connections with the cortex. Cortex projects to neocerebellum via pontine nuclei, hence this is also called as corticopontocerebellum. As it interacts with cortex, it is involved in planning and programming of the movements. This is the diagram showing the functional divisions of the cerebellum. There are three uh, functional divisions, uh, divisions vestibulocerebellum, spinocerebellum and uh, the corticocerebellum. Whereas uh, the vestibulocerebellum is important for balance and eye movements, whereas a spinocerebellum is important for the uh, the muscle tone and whereas the neocerebellum is important for the motor planning. Coming to functional histology, cerebellum is divided into outer cortex and inner part containing deep cerebellar nuclei. Cerebral cortex has three layers, the outer molecular layer, sorry cerebellar cortex has three layers outer molecular layer, middle Purkinje cell layer, and inner granular layer. The molecular layer contains interneurons that are basket cells and stellate cells. And Purkinje layer is which contains Purkinje cells. Purkinje cells are the largest neurons with extensive dendritic branches. The dendrites of Purkinje enter into the molecular layer and the exons of interneurons of the molecular layer project to the dendrites of Purkinje cells. Purkinje cells also receive input directly from the climbing fibers. Purkinje cells are only cells that project uh, from uh, the cortex of cerebellum to deep cerebellar nuclei. Thus Purkinje cells are connecting links between cerebellar cortex and deep cerebellar nuclei. The granular layer contains granule cells and Golgi cells, which are usually the interneurons. The Golgi cells that project to the granule cell uh, and modify the granular cell output. The granule cells receive input from the mossy fibers and project to the Purkinje cells, basket cells, stellate cells and Golgi cells via parallel fibers. So this is the histological structure which is uh, showing uh, the different cells, the, the different layers, the molecular layer, Purkinje's layer, granular cells, granular layer and the white matter. The molecular cells contains, the molecular layer contains mainly the stellate cells, the Purkinje cell contains mainly the Purkinje cells and uh, the granular layer they are mainly made up of uh, 
the golgi cells basket cells uh, granule cells and also they made up of uh, the glomerulus deep cerebellar nuclei there are four deep cerebellar nuclei nucleus fastigius the nucleus fastigius is present in the deep vermal portion of the cerebellum the vermal cortical portion of the spinal cerebellum projects into the fastigius fastigial nucleus nucleus globulus and nucleus emboliformis the globus and emboliformis are the nuclei commonly known as nucleus interpositus the paravermal portion of the spinal cerebellum projects into nucleus interpositus nucleus dentatus this is present in the hemispheric portion of the cerebellum it receives input from neurocerebellum the name of the nucleus is dented for its appearance which has a teeth like serrated morphology the deep cerebellar nuclei project to the different parts of the brain stem and thalamus coming to cerebellar connections the inputs to the cerebellum cerebellum receives somatosensory inputs from almost all parts of the body and inputs of all sensory modalities including special sensory inputs the cerebellar afferents are mainly the vestibular uh, cerebellar tract through this tract the cerebellum receives impulses directly from the vestibular apparatus and also from the vestibular nuclei dorsal spinocerebellar tract this tract conveys proprioceptive and extraceptive impulses from different parts of the body to the cerebellum ventral spinocerebellar tract this pathway also conveys proprioceptive and extraceptive impulses from different parts of the body the cuneus cerebellar tract this tract originates from lateral cuneate nucleus in the caudal medulla and conveys proprioceptive inputs from head and neck whereas tracto cerebellar tract it conveys the visual information from superior colliculus and auditory information from the inferior colliculus to the cerebellum ponto cerebellar tract impulses which uh, from the motor cortex reach the cerebellum via the pontine nuclei olivo cerebellar tract the proprioceptive inputs from the whole body reaches the cerebellum via inferior olive the inferior olivary nucleus is located in the rostral medulla that receives input from the vestibular system spinal cord and cerebral cortex it projects the cerebellum via climbing fibers modes of input input to the cerebellum reach via three routes that is mossy fibers climbing fibers and other inputs the mossy fibers are the major source of inputs to cerebellum these fibers carry direct proprioceptive inputs from all parts of the body and also convey input from cerebral cortex mossy fibers project mainly into the granule cells the climbing fibers convey inputs from inferior olivary nucleus to cerebellum inferior olivary uh, receives proprioceptive input, inputs from all parts of the body and climbing fibers project to purkinje cell of cerebellum other inputs the cerebellum receives monoaminergic inputs and inputs from the thalamus and other parts of the brain these fibers project to the deep cerebellar nuclei so these are the different cerebellar inputs uh, through the climbing fibers through the mossy fibers and other system
the tracks involved uh, for the climbing fibers are oleospinal tract and they bring proprioceptive inputs from whole body via relay in the inferior olivary nucleus whereas mossy fibers receive information from dorsal spinocerebellar tract ventral spinocerebellar tract vestibulo cerebellar tract tecto cerebellar tract cuneo cerebellar tract cortico pointo cerebellar tract and these are going to receive inf information the proper receptive uh, proprioceptive information from the different parts of the body uh, vestibular apparatus and the eye and head neck the other system like monoaminergic outputs that is serotonergic noradrenergic uh, fibers they receive from the raphe and uh, raphe magnus and locus cerulius respectively and uh, the thalamus uh, is going to receive information from the brain and other structures the cerebellar outputs the different parts of the cerebellum project to various descending pathways via deep cerebellar nuclei deep cerebellar nuclei are output pathway for the cerebellum the output from vestibular cerebellum vestibular cerebellum directly projects to the vestibular nuclei without any relay in deep cerebellar nuclei thus vestibular cerebellum directly controls vestibular spinal tract the output from the spinocerebellum the vermal portion of the spinocerebellum projects into vestigial nucleus which in turn projects to pontine reticular formation and vestibular nuclei in the brain stem thus the vermal portion vermal part of spinocerebellum controls the activity of pontine reticular spinal and vestibular spinal tract the paravermal portion of the spinocerebellum projects to the nucleus interpositus which in turn projects into red nucleus the paravermal part of the spinocerebellum controls the activity of cerebrospinal tract the output from cerebrocerebellum the cerebellar hemisphere projects to the dentate nucleus which in turn projects to the motor cortex via thalamus the cerebrocerebellum controls the activity of the corticospinal tract as different parts of the cerebellum project into all all the motor nuclei in the brain stem and to the motor cortex cerebellum controls the activities of all descending pathways that is corticospinal as well as extrapyramidal system that is why the disease of the cerebellum affects both regulation of posture and skilled voluntary movements so these are the different tracks which are going to run into the different peduncles that is superior middle and inferior uh, peduncles in superior peduncle the cerebrotectal dentatothalamic and dentatorubral cerebellotegmental pathways uh, they they are conveyed whereas uh, the pontocerebellar pathway run in the middle uh, cerebellar peduncle whereas through the inferior peduncle uh, they convey cerebellum cerebellum reticular vestibular cerebellar olivo cerebellar arcuo cerebellar trigeminal cerebellar cerebrospinal and spinocerebellar tracts internal connections of the cerebellum cerebellum receives inputs from two sources that is climbing fibers that is from olivary nucleus and the mossy fibers purkinje cells are stimulated directly by climbing fiber input whereas mossy fibers stimulate purkinje cells indirectly via granule cell 
parallel fiber pathways. The mossy fibers project to the granule cells and granule cells via its parallel fibers provide excitatory input to the basket and stellate cell and Purkinje cells. The basket and stellate cells that are activated by mossy fiber parallel fiber pathway finally inhibit Purkinje cells. So this is an example for feed forward inhibition. Whereas granule cells also stimulate the Golgi cells, the interneurons in the granular cell layer, so which in turn inhibit the activity of granule cells. This is an example of local feedback inhibition and uh, it is meant to regulate the granule cell output. So this diagram showing uh, the in internal connections, okay, so where the Purkinje cells, is, it is going to uh, receive information from the climbing fibers and uh, by the mossy fibers through the granular cells. Okay. The climbing fibers, they are mainly uh, excitatory to the Purkinje fibers whereas mossy fibers uh, through the granule cells they are going to excite the cl climbing fibers and uh, the granule cells uh, they also when in turn uh, stimulate the stellate cells and the basket cells which are going to in turn inhibit the uh, the Purkinje cells which is called as feed forward inhibition so that is stimulation of the granule cells they are going to stimulate the stellate cells and basket cells in turn they are going to inhibit the activity in the Purkinje cells which is called as feed forward inhibition whereas the granule cells uh, which uh, in turn stimulate the uh, the Golgi cells in turn they are going to stimulate uh, or rather inhibit the granular cell activity which is called as local uh, feedback inhibition and, uh, and the Purkinje cells ultimately they are going to inhibit uh, the deep cerebellar nuclei. The Purkinje cells ultimately they are they tries to keep check about uh, keep check the deep cerebellar nuclei. They try to inhibit the deep cerebellar nuclei, but the output from the deep cerebellar nuclei is always uh, excitatory as it is going to be influenced by the other inputs from the different parts of the body that is through the mossy fibers or by through the climbing fibers directly that one should remember the excitatory output from cerebellum Purkinje cell output to the deep cerebellar nucleus inhibitory because the neurotransmitter secreted by Purkinje cell is GABA however deep cerebellar nuclei receive excitatory inputs from mossy fibers and climbing fibers and form from the other sources. Therefore, in spite of inhibition by the Purkinje cells, the output of the deep cerebellar nuclei to the brainstem is always excited, as, I, as we discussed. The internal circuitry of cerebellar neurons is designed mainly to modulate the excitatory output of the deep cerebellar nuclei. Therefore, the lesion of the cerebellum in human being results in hypotonia. So, this is uh, the diagram showing the effect of uh, the cerebellar cortex on the Purkinje cells. The Purkinje cells, uh, they're going to, uh, from the, they're going to affect the, the different deep nuclei, okay, so which were, uh, 
from the cerebellum usually from the Purkinje cells there will be negative influence uh, over these uh, nuclei but because of the other inputs uh, the cerebellar nuclei they are always excitatory to the, the brainstem nuclei. So they have excitatory effect on the red nucleus, vestibular nucleus and the brainstem nuclei and thus they are going to increase the muscle tone through different pathways that is reticulospinal, vestibulospinal, ribrospinal and also uh, through the pyramidal tracts. The dented nucleus it has its connection to the thalamus and thalamus is going to modulate the activity of the cortex and the corticospinal tract to the descending part uh, descending pathway they are going to control the muscle tone. Purkinje cell activity. Purkinje cells exhibit two types of action potential that is the simple spikes and complex spikes. Simple spikes action potential is generated in response to stimulation of mossy fiber parallel fiber input. The complex fibers uh, that is multi-peak spike action potential is generated in response to stimulation of the climbing fiber input that comes from olivary nucleus. These complex spike action potential are involved in motor learning as climbing fiber activity is observed uh, to be increased when a new motor task is learned. They also produce long term adjustment in motor responses. Coming to the functions of cerebellum, uh, the cerebellum control the postural balance and equilibrium. This is the function of vestibular cerebellum which has extensive reciprocal connection with the vestibular nuclei. Afferents from vestibular apparatus in the inner ear project to the vestibular cerebellum via vestibular, vestibular nuclei. The vestibular ocular reflex. The vestibular cerebellum is concerned with learning induced changes in vestibular ocular reflex. Cerebellum is important for smoothing and coordination of the movement. This is the function of spinocerebellum that receives the proprioceptive and other sensory inputs from all body parts through spinal cord. It also receives input from the motor cortex where the motor planning is carried out. By comparing plan with performance, it smoothens and coordinates the movement. It is important for control of posture. The vermal portion of the spinocerebellum projects into the projects into brainstem areas that control axial and proximal limb muscles. Therefore, vermal spinocerebellum has a profound influence on posture. Cerebellum is important for control of skill voluntary movements. The paravermal region of the spinocerebellum projects into the brainstem nuclei that influence the distal limb muscles. Therefore, paravermal spinocerebellum controls skilled voluntary movements. Cerebellum controls all aspects of movement starting from rate, range, force and direction to the termination of the movement. Although functionally, cerebellum has three lobes that is vestibulospinocerebellum, vestibulospino and neocerebellum. They work in a coordinated manner that means it acts as a comparator of a servo mechanism. Cerebellum receives information from corticospinal output transmitted to the muscles receive proprioceptive inputs from the muscles via spinocerebellar tracts that informs about the ongoing movements and position of the limbs and also receives all special sensory inputs that is visual auditory and from the vestibular inputs. Cerebellum projects 
to cortex via red nucleus and pontine nuclei. The cerebellum coordinates all the cortical and spinal information and appropriately modifies the ongoing movement via its influence on all descending pathways. So it sends error signals to the cortex for alteration in the programming of the movement of any desirable change in the motor output to be achieved. It is also important for planning and programming of the movements. So this is the function of neocerebellum that interacts with the cortex. And hence, the neocerebellum controls planning and programming of the movements. This is the diagram showing how the cerebellum is going to control the activity of the motor cortex and, uh, and how it is going to affect the, the brainstem nuclei that is anterior horn cells. Also useful in the control of muscle tone and stretch reflexes, cerebellum influences the activity of major descending medial system pathways through its output and uh, output from vestigial nucleus, especially the vestibulospinal and reticulospinal tract. As the vestibulospinal tract mainly controls alpha motor neuron activity and reticulospinal tract controls the gamma motor neuron activity, in the spinal cord, the cerebellum is one of the major sites of alpha-gamma co-linkage. In human beings, output of the deep cerebellar nuclei to the brainstem motor nuclei is excitatory that facilitates the muscle tone. Therefore, cerebellar disorder produces hypotonia. Though cerebellum has profound influence on all descending brainstem pathways, its influence on stretch reflex is minimal, except in some Patients, it is pendular in whom the knee jerk is observed, the pendular knee jerk. Therefore, the stretch reflexes remain usually normal in cerebellar disorder. However, in animals, the connection with cerebellum with the brainstem nuclei is complex, which inhibits the output from inhibitory reticular area. Therefore, cerebellectomy in a decerebrated animal increases the spasticity of extensor group of muscles. That is, it is going to facilitate the decerebrate rigidity. Then, they are important for the control of movements of one side of the body. The motor cortex, uh, one of the side is connected to the cerebral hemisphere of the opposite side through the closed feedback circuit, so which is known as uh, cerebral, uh, cerebellar, cerebral circuit via the corticoponto dentothalamocortical connections. Thus, each cerebral hemisphere influences the output of opposite cerebral cortex. However, cerebral cortex via cortical tract uh, that decus it to the opposite side just after passing through the pyramid controls the motor function of contralateral half the body. Therefore, due to double decussation, each cerebral hemisphere controls the movement of its own side of the body. Learning and improvement of the motor skills. Cerebellum plays a critical role in compare, comparing information of the ongoing movements and changes required to improve the performance. Hence, for every activity, cerebellum improves learning and performance. Therefore, also controls the long-term adjustment of motor skills. Especially, the climbing fiber inputs uh, produce complex spikes in Purkinje cells that is involved in motor learning. Climbing fiber activity is increased every time uh, a new activity is learned. They are also useful in eyeball movement. The paraflocculus and pyramus of cerebellum 
are concerned with movements of eyeball, especially in upward direction. Stimulation of these parts of cerebellum causes upward eye movement of the ipsilateral side, especially the visual uh, judgment of distance is function of cerebellum, so which is more developed in monkeys. Important for vestibular function, for its uh, dense and reciprocal connection with vestibular reflex, vestibular cerebellum is involved in the control of all vestibular functions such as balance during movement, execution of vestibular, vestibular ocular reflex, vestibular postural reflex and change in the body posture and movement in response to head movement and acceleration. Coming to cerebellar disorders, diseases affecting flocculo nodular lobe results in abnormalities of maintaining uh, equilibrium. For example, stimulation of vestibular cerebellum and vestibular nuclei leads to motion sickness. Intractable motion sickness, in fact, is cured by selective removal of flocculo nodular lobe. Features of cerebellar disorders, they are going to depend on the part of cerebellum affected and whether the cortex or the deep cerebellar nuclei are involved in the disease process. Effect of lesion of one side of cerebellar hemisphere manifests on the ipsilateral side of the body. In general, cerebellar disorders have following features. There won't be any paralysis, that is, the voluntary movements are intact though defective. Usually reflexes are normal except that sometimes the pendulum knee jerk is elicited. There won't be sensory deficits. Hypotonia is a usual feature. There will be ataxia, motor deficits in the cerebral disorder manifests, manifests mainly in the form of ataxia, which is defined as the defect in coordination due to the errors in the rate, range, force and direction of movement. If any cerebral cortex is involved in the disease process, ataxia is temporary, but if the lesion involves deep cerebral nuclei, the ataxia almost becomes permanent. Ataxia can manifest in the following form. It could be a drunken gait, scanning speech, or dysmetria. So, uh, drunken gait is unsteady and wide-based gait, whereas scanning speech is ataxia involving the muscles of speech uh, manifest in the form of scanning speech. The patient scans the syllables while speaking. So there can be dysmetria when the patient attempts to touch any object. Usually, the hand overshoots instead of reaching the target, and this is called dysmetry that is inability to measure the length of or the distance so this is also called as pass pointing so there can be intentional tremors due to the dysmetria the corrective measures are immediately initiated but this time hand overshoots in the opposite direction repeated overshoot and correction recorrection results in intentional tremor that is hand oscillation back and forth the tremor is not seen at rest so there can be rebound phenomena. This results due to inability to put on brake or suddenly stop on ongoing movement. For example, if the patient is asked to flex his limb against the resistance and then asked to stop immediately by withdrawing uh, the resistance, he cannot stop. Rather, the arm moves with the wide arc. So this is called as rebound phenomenon. There can be erdichokinesia. Erdiadocokinase, inability to perform alternate movements rapidly called uh, erdiadocokinase. For example, a patient cannot perform supination and pronation rapidly. So there can be decomposition of the movement, inability to perform movement that involves more than one joint simultaneously. 
therefore cerebellar patients dissects such complex movement and performs movement at each joint slowly and separately so there can be inability to carry out long term adjustment in motor response so there can be defect in vestibular ocular reflex uh, leads to pathological nystagmus there can be charcot strand presence of nystagmus intentional tremors and scanning speech or uh, lalling speech like baby so which is seen in cerebellar disorder and uh, disseminated sclerosis that affects the cerebellar functions frederick ataxia is a form of hereditary ataxia in which spinocerebellar tract degenerates producing the ataxia as described above some of the cerebellar function tests many clinical tests detect cerebellar functions these are tests for coordination in upper limbs and lower limbs for upper limbs it is finger nose test making circle in the air and in the lower limbs it is knee heel test walking on a straight line and to test the uh, postural stability uh, you are supposed to ask uh, to stand erect with the feet closed but eyes open then assessment of various aspects of ataxia by eliciting different movements as described above and you have to assess the gait and the speech this also becomes part of cerebellar function test so this is in brief about the cerebellum its connection functions and the disorder of the cerebellum thank you